Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, my co-host Justin Baker and I into the top 10 for the team windows of opportunity. We have gone through teams 31 through teams 11. That's uh, 20 teams if you're actually it's 21 teams. Damn it. Say, math is hard. It's, it's rough. Um, so, yeah, as we head into the top 10, if you haven't listened to those episodes, they're they're good ones. Go back and check them out. Uh, Justin is the man with the list. I am the one with the categories. So I'm just over here ripping Justin's list apart. And uh, in reality, he's the one who put in the hard work to make a list. I just tossed everybody into a couple boxes. So, uh, so let's dive in. Let's go number 10. Yeah, number 10 for me, the Vancouver Canucks, the Pacific Division leaders. The Coover right Nucks. The Coover Nucks, yeah. They are looking like they can compete for quite a while. While they may not be Stanley Cup contenders, they're... They're away from a rebuild, and they're moving closer to contention every single day. And with the the young group of forwards they have, I think their window to compete is going to be there for a while. And not only their forwards, but on the back end, you look at their goaltending. Man, Markstrom's look he's looked good, but then they've also got Thatcher Demko and DiPietro in the back end, who's probably the best one out of all. Of them. Yeah, <laughs> so they look like they're going to be loaded. I mean, at both the back and the front for a long time, and. Um, you know, not to mention they've got Quentin Hughes on the back end, who they're going to obviously get signed next year to a long-term deal. And with he and Tyler Myers, and who knows, maybe Edler stays around for you know another year or two after his deal's expired, and they're going to look look pretty good, pretty good on the back end. So, yeah, uh, I think when it comes to the Canucks, I think you look at their you look at their defense outside of Quentin Hughes, it's okay. Quentin Hughes has really wrote the ship for this team. Like, I mean, as good as uh, as good as Elias Pettersson has been, it's really been having Quentin Hughes on that back end that has just changed everything for this team. I think he has eighteen or twenty. I can't, he has a ton of power play points, <laughs> a ridiculous amount of them, uh, and so just driving that entire team. Now, when I look at the way they're structured. I mean, Louis Erickson, it's his six million is really that's their their kind of their whoopsie contract. Sure. Uh, all the rest of them are okay. I mean, outside of maybe like a Brandon Sutter, but he's got one year left after this year. And you know, even even an Antoine Russell and Jay Beagle at three million apiece for the next for two years after this season, it's not so bad. I think you could move one of those guys if you needed to. And they have I mean, they have Besser signed for the next three years. They've got Horvat signed for the next four and Miller for the next four. You'll you'll have to sign Pedersen, but not for another two years. Uh, This team surely can afford to sign somebody to a big one-year deal and see what they can do. A big one-year deal. Okay. I like it. I I think it would be pretty interesting if they went out and, you know, they... You go knocking down someone's door and you just say, Look, we can give you like we can give you twelve million. We can make you the highest paid player in the league for one year. Ooh. And just to draw someone in. Never seen it happen, but I would love to see something like that actually happen. Yeah, it's like the NBA, they do it all the time. Oh, you know, of course, you max yeah. you max out a guy just to bring him in for a year and Yeah, do you bring in like a Taylor Hall, right? I, imagine if Taylor Hall came to Vancouver <laughs> for, for one year. Dude, E. Pedersen and Besser on the same line, unreal. That would be crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but I, I mean, let's let's be honest. With I think what eighteen million dollars in cap space next year, so probably yeah, probably about twenty twenty one something like that. 
when all's said and done. Right. So the big question for me is Markstrom and goal, right? How much does he cost them? Because again, we, we talked about four to five. I don't know. I mean, he's going to, he's probably going to want maybe close to six million dollars, seven million dollars. I don't know. But I think if you're Vancouver, I tell him to lick my balls and sign a four million (laughs) dollar deal. You've, you've, he's not been that great. Like he's, he's consistent. About nine ninety one save percentage. Yeah, he's been consistent. He's a little but I think, over that this year. I think if you're smart, right, you try to get him around five million dollars for maybe three years, so you allow Demko and DiPietro to come in and maybe push him out when that contract's over and say, okay, cool, now we got two number ones here. Because let's face it, any really good team nowadays has two good, you know, one A one B guys, yeah. and so. I think maybe Vancouver would love to follow that model. Yeah, um, and Demko Demko is signed to a couple more years at, at one million a yeah, season, so and I think they'll no, get him at a no reasonable rate there. when that's done because he's an RFA. So, um, but if you're Markstrom, you're probably looking for five years. Oh, I'm sure he is yeah, four or five. I'm sure this is his last big contract. Honestly, I mean, he's and never it, proven outside of the last couple seasons with Vancouver. He's you know a legit starter. So I think now if you're Vancouver, when I don't think Demko or DPH are ready to take the number one spot, you have a little bit of leverage. I, right? I mean, how old was Carter? Uh, Carter Hart. Carter Hart. 20, he, yeah. he was 20, right? And that's uh, that's how old Michael DiPietro is right now. Yeah. But up front, though, the, this, for me, this team, again, like I said, they're moving away from rebuild. They're ready to compete. And their window is only going to get larger because, again, their core group of guys like Quentin Hughes, Besser, Bo Horvat, Pedersen, they're all very, very young, and they're only getting better. So uh, to me, I think this is why this team cracks the top 10 for me. Yeah. they This team would still is still outside my top 10. Uh, the way that the way that I would do a window, this team's window is like to me. They have just become playoff contenders this year, and they need to make the playoffs first. It's just like Arizona, make the playoffs first. But I think this team's built for long term success, whereas Arizona is uh, is probably going to be more of a one off this year because of Taylor Hall and uh, some of the other guys that they they have signed right now. Whereas Vancouver, they're play, they're doing it the way that, you know, I think we've traditionally seen their playoff window is going to open. They're going to make the playoffs. They'll probably make the playoffs for the next couple of years, and they'll try to win a round, and then they're going to try to win two rounds, and uh, and it'll be a slow slow build to Stanley Cup contender, uh, which I think they will be in the next two or three years. I just think they have too many top nine players, top nine forwards in their top six. Interesting. Okay, so I think I think that they'll they'll write that ship as time goes on. Guys are going to want to come in and play with Pedersen, play with Besser. I mean, now especially a Quinton Hughes having him feeding you the puck. I think that you're going to see guys go back to Vancouver. Vancouver used to be a a team that free agents always considered going to because it's such a nice city to live in. It's beautiful. Yeah, been there once, loved it. So I I, yeah, I'd put Vancouver just outside of that Stanley Cup window. Um, it has not quite opened yet. Okay, fair enough. All right, moving on. Number nine for me, the Nashville Predators. Uh, Recently making a coaching change. Um, We'll see how that pans out. But, you know, this is the team that maybe might make a push for the playoffs. It's going to be very tough. they got a lot of teams. I'm just surprised that you would put Nashville so much further ahead than like a Dallas. Yeah, and I I tell you why. Because I, I don't think this team is anywhere near you know, flipping the switch to say we need to rebuild, right? I think they've got a lot of pieces, a lot of good forwards, a lot of good defensemen, goaltending that 
for me, they they can compete for years to come. Where eventually Dallas is going to have to replace guys and start rebuilding, or you know, yeah. But just because you have players signed for a long time doesn't mean they're good players. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, there's there's been very uh, very many examples of that in the NHL. But I mean, Ryan Johansson right now has 27 points. Yeah, and he'll I, probably end up with maybe 50 at the I, end. Of I the do year. think though that with this is an instance like a one-off year where they're just all having their worst years, much like Calgary last year where they all had their best statistical years ever and had a lot of success. But I think it's just the opposite here for Nashville. I think once they get a head coach in there that can put a system that works well for these guys, doesn't rely on defensemen always driving the play and goaltending saving their asses, I think now they can finally rely maybe more on the forwards to to produce where you've got Duchesne, Johansson, Forsberg, all signed the long-term deals. Maybe Kyle Turris finally snaps out of it and doesn't have to sit on the bench anymore. But again... What a brutal player that they brought in. I, I feel bad for him to be quite honest. I feel honest. like everybody has always overrated Kyle Turris. Always. Well, they always see this guy who looks like like he's got all sorts of talent and he never he's never put it together. Ever. I, yeah, well I think because other of his, than a couple years in Ottawa. Right. Well I think that was the problem. Bad. He he was so like so rated I mean, he was so highly rated in Ottawa and then had, you know, that I mean that issue in Arizona where he just he kind of went diva with everything and I think ever since then it's just well, but I mean, he yeah, he has been years where to be it was better. a little bit of a, a his little thing in Arizona. But Arizona was a freaking mess. It was like at the they time. They didn't Absolutely. even have an owner. No, I, and, I agree. I mean, he goes into Ottawa and hey, puts up fifty seven points, sixty four points. He gets his an injury riddled season, so we won't count that one. And the next one's fifty five. Like he was, he was chugging along fine. It's just they didn't want to sign him. They didn't have the money to sign him because they thought they were going to be able to sign Carlson. So they didn't <laughs> sign him to a long-term deal. He goes to Nashville, and he just rapid decline. Uh, I mean, at least he's he'll probably end up with more points than he had last year. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he had 23 points in 55 games. Right now he has 19 and 41. So. Uh, yeah, so... But, I mean, outside of the forwards, right, if if they don't decide to go the scoring route, if they want to rely more on defense a la a Dallas or Arizona-type team, they've got Roman Yossi. They've got Ryan Ellis, guys signed term, long-term Cole, deals. Yeah. Um, and then you look on the you know behind them in goal, Peck Rene, he's going to slip out after next season. And UC Saros, I have no doubt, will come in and be a very, very good number one goaltender for them. At 24, they're going to have to re-sign him, obviously, after next season. He'll get paid four or five million dollars, I'm sure, and then, you know, they'll because Nashville's Nashville, and somehow they manage to always get guys to do team friendly deals, yeah. sign for less money. You know, maybe Roman Yossi finally broke the bank on that one and said, "Hey, I can actually get paid now." Well, um, and even even so, I think he could have gotten Eric Carlson money anywhere yeah, sure. else. So. Yeah, and then and then then again too. I mean, this is a team too that has always had no problem turning out good prospects on the back end too so yeah they draft uh, very well yeah they do so i i think the window is very large for this team while they may not be stanley cup contenders right now i think last year the year before that and i think again next year they probably will be stanley cup contenders again yeah i have them uh, as a team that has fallen from being a cup contender uh they are just they're a playoff contender right now and that will not change until they make a major switch to their top six forwards okay i think ryan johansson Philip Forsberg. So one of these guys needs to be dealt. Victor Arvids, like just find another team who also needs a little bit of a, a chemistry change and make that deal. Like they're, they're not 
super overpaid. I mean, with Ryan Johansson, you're probably gonna have to eat some of the money. Okay, let me ask you but this. Here, here's a, a scenario. Who did maybe. not take a team friendly deal, by the way? No, he did not. He had eight but, million a year. Um, so maybe you move a Ryan Johansson to bring back picks, and you take a Phil Kessel. Do you think maybe that would be a deal? Because I know Arizona might be open to it. They've got Kyle Turris and Matt Duchesne. They could ride those guys, um, you know, as your one-two center punch. And maybe Phil Kessel comes in and can you score want your a few one more goals. Two center punch to be Kyle Turris. I don't, but again, you say you have to move a Johansson just, or a, a Philip Forsberg, sure, right? Sure. You're not going to move Duchesne. Oh, well, you're gonna you got to get rid of Kyle Turris before you do anything. Else. Well, I think so too. Yeah. Absolutely. But yeah, if he's a part of the think, problem. Is that he's basically one of your top six forwards without being one? It's sure. Just, I absolutely agree. He's, he's got to like go. One at least. But if you're going to shake things up, obviously Ryan Johansson seems like the most likely candidate to go, in my opinion. Which means you might want to just hang on to Kyle Turris a little bit longer. But because I don't think you move Philip Forsberg, I I think right now it's six million dollars. I'm hanging on to him as long as I can. Yeah, he's a nice, nice, friendly deal there too. Okay, let's go to number eight. Uh, yes, number eight for me is the Pittsburgh Penguins. All right, we're finally into my actual contenders <laughs> that are in here. Yeah, this is the team again. We know what they have up front. I mean, Crosby, Malkin, they've got so much talent on this team, and uh, they just go out and they just re- recently resigned Marcus Pedersen to a gosh, five-year deal at $4.02 million. Um, I don't know, maybe you might have overpaid a little bit because he's nothing more than a number five defenseman. Hopefully they don't do what a lot of teams do and they try to slot him based on what he's being paid because let's face it, he's not, in my opinion... Not any better than a number four, number five D guy. Hopefully, they don't try to make him like well, he, yeah, he's a top I mean, pairing he's a, guy. He's but. a he's a top four defenseman. He's just like that three four. Probably not really a three, but but now you've got four. You got Justin Schultz. Are you going to resign him now? Probably not. Probably not. You're not yeah. probably not going to bring back Justin. So Schultz. you've still got Chris Letang. You've got Jack Johnson stuck in there still, and John Marino just looks phenomenal. I don't know where he came. Yeah, from, but yeah, he just came out of nowhere. And then uh, well, yeah, Dan gave birth to him. Right. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I, I, when I look at this team, I say it, you have a three-year window. Like, yeah, you've got three years till Malkin, till he's a free agent, and my assumption is he leaves. Really, after, at that point, it would be my guess. Uh, Goes back th- home to Russia, or three more years for Latang. Well, I mean, he'll be he'd be thirty-six by the time that contract runs out. I still think he will be competitive. He'll oh, be oh good, no, I'm not saying yeah. that he won't be competitive. I I think that he probably like in those three years, you're probably going okay, Malkin's. 36 Crosby's 35 Latang's 35 like the Penguins are going to be in rebuild in some kind of Let's, like they'll, they'll be still a good team because they have those players but he'll probably go well I could maybe go win and win a Stanley Cup I could go sign in Florida and play with Barkov who's now 27 28 Huberto's 30 like that team yeah. might be poised to to do something special in three years uh maybe he goes and sign, you know you think about all these teams that are up and coming uh maybe he you go to Colorado, you go, you say, I made my money. I'm going to go sign somewhere. I'm going to be a, a second line center. Well, he already is a second line center. <laughs> Gosh. Yeah. But for me, this team, they are a Stanley Cup contender, right? But their window shrinking. That's why they, they maybe aren't a little bit higher, you know, where some people can look at this team and say they're, they're always competing. Uh, what's kind of keeping them in it, though, is they still have a lot of good young players uh, coming up. And more importantly, they got good young guys in goal. Right, they've got Matt Murray, Tristan Jari. They've got some quality guys to to fill in that net. Uh, they they have good players coming up to complement sure. Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, absolutely. And but as soon as those guys are done, 
I don't oh, care who you have coming up. No, absolutely. Sorry, you're all you're all uh, gonna go. Uh, so yeah, Pittsburgh. I think their window's still wide open, but they have a clear expiration date. Like where some of these teams, it's kind of like, well, yeah, if that player falls off a little bit, then yeah, they'll be in trouble. But maybe he won't. Whereas for Pittsburgh, it's like, all right, Malkin, Crosby, Latang, thirty, all thirty-five plus. They they won't be a Stanley Cup contender. They might be a playoff contender still. They won't be a Stanley Cup contender. Okay, love it. Number seven. Number seven for me, the Washington Capitals. A team who very well, in my opinion, is probably in my top two, three picks to win the Cup right now. But I think their window is much like the P- Pittsburgh Penguins where it is getting smaller because I think like it's a, it's bigger than Pittsburgh's, but I think it's starting to shrink on them. Right, because you look at their core group of forwards, because they rely heavily on these guys up front. They don't have much outside of Carlson on the back end. You know, Holpe's going to obviously leave after this season. I, they don't have the money to re-sign him, um, because you look at Nicholas Backstrom. Right, he's going to make nine point two million dollars. Well, and this I don't season. think you're too worried. Ilya Samsonov has played fantastic. Oh, he, yeah. so you're, he'll be you're he'll really be your number not... one without a doubt next year. Um, and I don't think that that bothers Capitals fans at all. But again, it, it just kind of like it's one of those. Hey, he's a free agent. He's going to get paid a ton of money, and there's no point in paying somebody a ton of money when you have somebody who's making an entry-level deal. Right. Exactly, because they've got a lot of guys up front signed to long-term deals, and they're they're starting to age a little bit, right? They're not super old yet. They're not like, you know, well, Petit they're not Bergeron, slowing down. But yeah, they're not slowing down. Um, but, I mean, you know, a guy like Nicholas Backstrom, who's 32 years old, you know, at $9.2 million, does that deal start to hurt you on those last few years? Same sure. thing with... You know, a guy like TJ Oshie, who, you know, he's 33 and he, you know, he's going to start slowing down eventually. They just I think, have such cerebral players. They really do. That like, it, I would say, I look at this, this team and I, I'm like, I'm not really not worried about anyone on here. Honestly, the guy that I'm most worried about isn't any of those guys in their thirties. It's Tom Wilson. Really? The way he plays, yeah. you know, two, three Years from now, you look at that and you go, well, he'll, he'll be making $5.1 million when you need to possibly re-sign some guys later on. Uh, that contract might not look great. Yeah, the uh, other big concern for me is Jacob Verana, right? You look at a guy who's put up 42 points in 50 games and he only gets maybe 20 right. seconds of power play time a game. Right. So it's all even strength, 23 goals. He's going to be in an RFA, which is great for them, but... He's going to probably gonna want, want $70 seven, million. Dollars. Yeah, yeah. So can and, you and that's to, in two years. Yeah. So that number might be... Might be even higher. 7.5, might be 7.8. And and at that point, you're probably... like You've you got, got to Ovechkin. try to move somebody. First off, you've got Ovechkin who will need to be resigned. Now... I think he'll take, he'll take a everything team discount. Everything leans on that. Let's say Ovechkin decides to just hang it up or go play somewhere else. Well, then Washington's window, well, not... I, I wouldn't say that he is... Like, without Ovechkin, this team's just like... They're going to fall and, like, crap their pants. But I, I also don't think they're Stanley Cup contenders anymore. Like, there's something about him. He's the driver in that bus. He, I mean, regardless I, I if he he's could, producing, he's yeah. the driver. I think that he could he could probably go, especially in two years. Uh, I think that it will probably would be more seamless than you think. Like he could leave, you could replace his production in some way in two years. Like right now, maybe you can't, you know, at some point, I'm just assuming that he's a human and he's going to slow down. (laughs) I don't think so. I think honestly, he wants Gretzky's goal scoring record and I think he's going to continue to chase it in Washington as long as they'll, 
you know, have him. But I think the money is going to start to become an issue when you have guys like Verana and, you know, maybe maybe you can convince Ovi to say, hey, can you take six mil? He needs eight more goals to get 700. That's crazy. The last guy to score 700 goals, do you know who it was? Brett Hall? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yep. And it took him forever to forever. get 700. Right. It was funny. Uh, yeah, 890. And he scored 700, his like classic one-timer from the slot or from the uh, from the circle on the slap shot where he goes down to his knee. That's, oh, boy. Like you want to see Ovechkin score on the power play from his side <laughs> on the one-timer. Like oh, I yeah. want to see the same thing for him as I did, did Brett Hull. Good. Uh, okay, uh, I, w- I agree. Capitals, Penguins... Pretty lock and lock and step in terms of a three year window. I think that that's that's probably pretty accurate. Although I I, I actually think the Penguins or the uh, the Capitals are better set up to absorb the loss of their superstars because they still have Evgeny Kuznetsov. They still have some guys who are a little bit younger. Whereas Pittsburgh doesn't have like it's basically Jake Getzel is their one young guy who is not. He's not in his 30s yet. <laughs> Whereas Washington actually does have, they've got Tom Wilson, Verana, Kuznetsov. Uh, they, they have some guys who in a couple of years will still be young enough to be the next, be a part of maybe the next iteration of the Washington Capitals, along with Beautiful. Ilya Samsonov. To number six, six. Uh, the Carolina Hurricanes for me. This is a team. Wow, you have them high. I do have them high, and because I am very high on what these guys can do moving forward, they look better and better to me ever since you know Brenda Moore took over this team. Um, they're exciting to watch, and their core group of guys are very young. Right? You look at Sebastian Ajo, twenty-two years old; Timo Teravainen, twenty-five years old. Uh, you know, we look on the back end, right? Jacob Slavin, only twenty-five; Brett Pesci, twenty-five years old. Very, very young, right? They're core, and they're all signed for, you know, four, three years. Not and to it, mention, like, the guys who are signed to, I mean, like, Jake Gardner signed to a nice deal. You've got Joel, you know, guys want to come there, I think. Absolutely. And it's starting to become a, a destination spot. North Carolina is a really nice place to live, too. Uh, but Without a doubt. And they they play a, a style hockey. They're one of those teams, right? My favorite thing about them is they get up two to nothing. They don't just go into trap mode and just sit back and try to defend you now. They still attack, right? Not to mention they've got a, a young budding superstar potential, the next Vladimir Tarasenko and Andrei Svechnikov. Yep. He's going to you know, only get better. Um, my only concern for them long term, and while I think maybe could potentially hurt their window of opportunity, is goaltending, right? Mrazek's looked fine this season. I, I, I like what he's doing, but can he keep it up? He's been so up and down throughout his career. Which Mrazek are we going to get? You know, Is he going to come back down? Is he going to continue to be a productive goaltender? You know, Hopefully... For, for their sakes, he will. Um, but, I mean, him and James Reimer, they're only there for this season and next. And I think it'll be an okay tandem, but after that, they've got to figure it out. Um, you know, they've got what's-his-face in the minors, um, Alex uh, Needlevick, or, man. Del- Alex Needledick? <laughs> I think that's what you meant to say. No. <laughs> ne- Nedelkovic? Thank you. Yeah, I'm terrible with pronunciation. And Anton so Forsberg, who's not the worst player. Uh, you know, I, he's a he's an okay number three, sure. Um, Carolina might not even make the playoffs this year. They they do lack a little bit in scoring this year, and which is kind of surprising, um, as much as they like to attack teams. But you know what? They've got they've got a bevy of defensemen, right? They've got Jake Bean in the minors. Um, 
man, they've got Roland McKeon. There's a reason he's in the minors. Well, because they're so stacked <laughs> he's up front. He's 21. The, the, I, he's, he yeah. is, he's 21 years old. I'll, but you do have a Dougie Hamilton who's hurt too. That's not helping them at all right oh, now. Oh, no, absolutely. Yeah, when you lose your number one defenseman, that, that hurts no matter what. But, I mean, they've got guys like Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Joel Edmondson that are going to be free agents, and they're probably going to let walk. But, you know, I mean, hey, they, they've got cap space to burn next season. They're going to have $19 million. So they can yeah. go out and make a move to maybe go in and bring out – you know, sign a guy like, um, oh, God, I don't even, you know, maybe a Tory Krug. Maybe they go bring him or Tyson Berrien. It wouldn't be too far of a move. Yeah. Or a Krug. And then now you've got, I mean, you've got a legit, you know, top, you know, two top pairings on the back end and guys that can drive play. But to me, I think, you know, they their window is wide open because their their core group of guys, both on the back end and up front, are so young. They've got a just an exciting team, and they're just they're starting to feel it. If so. I'm Carolina, you know who I go after if he's if he's not re-signing is Jake Muzzin. Oh, Muzzin, I'm really? Throwing Muzzin and Muzzin and Gardner together again, and that's interesting. And let the good times roll. I thought you were going to say Pietro Angelo because they brought in Falk to basically replace him. Oh, yeah. when they signed him, yeah, so, yeah. kind of like a little stat. But anyways, um, I'll tell yeah, you, I would what, have I would have Carolina much farther back. Like they are. They are moving into that Stanley Cup contender window, but I still think they're they're playoff contenders. Whereas if they make the playoffs this year, win another round, they have some success again. Probably they move in next year. They they have to be considered Stanley Cup contenders. If you're winning rounds two years in a row, and you don't lose anybody, you're you're a playoff. You're a Stanley Cup contender. Okay. Into the top five. Top five. All right. Um, well, at number five for me, the Winnipeg Jets. Yeah, this is a team that I, I've always been pretty high on for the last few seasons, and that's mostly because I love Connor Hollebuck. Um, but you look at the guys they have up front, right? They've got veterans who are still in their prime. You know, you look at Blake Wheeler. Yeah, he's getting a little bit older. You know, maybe he's like a Brad Marchand where he's only got a few really good productive years left because, again, he's a, he's a hard player, right? He goes right. hard. He plays fast. Um, but then they've got a lot of really good pieces that are super young up front. Patrick Line and Kyle Connor. These are 30 goal scores each. They, they have a really nice balance of age. Yes. Like, yes, one guy could leave, but they can, they have people coming. Yes, absolutely. Now, my only concern for this team and concern longer term is defense, right? Joshua Morrissey, he's going to be fine. I, I like him, even if you have to put him. He's a good top four, top four defenseman. Absolutely. But they need a real number one. They need a real number one guy there, um, and a number three, and a number four. <laughs> well, I think I think they can address they can address those concerns. I think this offseason because you know Dmitry Kulikov's coming off his contract is four million dollars will be gone, so they'll have some money to maybe go out and try to address a top four defenseman, maybe get like a, a Jake Muzzin in there for you know you know five six million bucks. Who, who by the way did just say he wants to resign in Toronto? He does so. absolutely, and I don't blame him. I mean, you know who and, wouldn't and want to play with Austin Dustin Matthews? That's the that's the other concern too is you know if you get this guy back now you've now you've got your number one back and that's like to me that's bigger than any trade deadline move they could make to fill in a spot sure. on the back end um, so yeah so outside of that concern you've got Connor Hollebuck signed long term you know you've got a good group of young forwards they are signed long term as well so I don't think there's really any concern I think their window is still wide open I still think Paul Maurice is a very good coach. Um, you know, gets a lot. I mean, if you consider if you lose your top two defensemen and you're still able to put yourself in contention for a playoff spot, that's pretty freaking good. And you don't, I mean, honestly, you don't really have a number two center. You're using, 
your number you know one right winger to play center sure. on the second line right now. So I I'm gonna say that their Stanley Cup contender window has closed. Ouch! It is like they're a team last year. I I'm pretty confident. I said it. I thought that last year was like they need to win it or like do something significant here because it may be their last shot at it. Not knowing Bufflin would be gone. Okay. Now Bufflin might be gone. Like that just starts to close the door more quickly, uh, especially on this season. And uh, to me, the Jets are, I just, I just don't see it. I think they, they have to completely retool their defense. And yes, you can sign guys, but we have not seen an overabundance of desire of guys to go to Winnipeg and sign and play there long term, except for the guys who have played there. They like it and they stay. Sure. But the only way to do that is to trade for a guy and get them to stay. Thank God this team, thank goodness they didn't keep uh, Kevin Hayes. Oh, sign him to seven million or something. Like yeah, that. that would have been rough. But to me, Glad I think they didn't do that. <clears throat> this is a team who I think the minute they, if they get in the playoffs, you might as well consider them a contender to me because I think nobody in the West outside of maybe, you know, St. Louis and Colorado really scare me. What if they make the playoffs and Buffalo goes, okay, I'll come back. <laughs> I'll play the playoffs. I mean, hey, um, you play for free in the playoffs. Awesome. Yeah, he. It's, I mean, yeah. So. Anyways, but that's why they come in at number five. They're not really ready for rebuild yet. They're still a contender, in my opinion. So, Okay, uh, number four. Number four is the St. Louis Blues. All right. The yeah. Defending Stanley Cup champion. The defending Second, champs. Uh, third in the league in points right now. Yeah. Um, again, this is a team to me that is going to be my favorite in the West to win right now. But the bigger concern long term and why their window may be shrinking is because, one, they're, they're running out of cap money. Um, you know, next year they've only got $7 million in cap space and they're trying to sign Angelo. Whether or not they're going to be able to do that is a whole other story because, again, they've got, you know, younger guys, Sammy Bias, Blias, um, you know, that are going to need new contracts. But after that year, next year, they've got a, a bunch of free agents up front. You know, J- Jaden Swartz is going to need a new contract. Alexander Steen, he'll be 36, 37, so you probably let him walk or you get him to a really cheap contract. Um, Tyler Bozak, his contract will run up. They'll probably let him walk at that point, I would think. But see, you know. that's why, like, I I really like the way that this team's constructed because when you when you look at it, the guys who are whose contracts are going to run out, like I I'm going to say this with like I'm I'm about ninety five percent confident Petrangelo resigns in St. Louis. That's, ooh, that's I'm really way not, higher than me. I'm fifty fifty right now. Really not worried that he's yeah, he's going to resign. Like they're going to work something out. They now they might be looking at it and going, hey, like we actually. According to league rules right now, we can't sign you to an extension when they can see we have this, you know, I don't know what the rules are for extensions and like heading into the next off season, you have like a certain amount of dollars available based on You can on go 10% you, over the cap. In the off season. In the off season, right. But I don't know if they can sign him to an extension when all they can look at right now, like if you look at cap friendly next year, it says they have 7.7 million in cap space next year. Can they sign him to a deal worth more than that if they don't have it available? They may need to wait for the offseason to get that 10% bump, be able to re-sign him, and then they can work out the rat. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I don't really can, know that can, either. But. They can figure that out. Now, now they're also, there's, there's guys that this team could easily move. You know, headed into next season, I think if you needed to, 
You could trade Alexander Steen. You could trade Tyler Bozak with one year left on their deal. Uh, you you could you could probably find a home for like a Carl. Well, Carl Gunnarsson's not paying anything. You might be able to find a place for Jake Allen if you're willing to take half his salary. Like there's a, there's plenty that you can do to make sure that you can sign Petrangelo, which to me says they have two years of a window at least. Beyond that, yeah, you lose Steen. You could probably re-sign Schwartz if you really wanted to at the end of that because in 2021-22, according to this, they've got about $40 million in cap space. Now, some of that will need to go towards Binnington. It'll need to go towards Schwartz, and it'll need to go towards Petrangelo. But let's say they have $25 million in cap space at that point with aging veterans leaving the organization. They can bring in some younger guys. They may need to retool, but I think this team is a team that has a very long window based on the way they're constructed. <sighs> they, they could, but then they five, also... Five years at least. Okay, for a so Cup they win. could, but then they also make a few wrong moves, and now your window, to me, is very, very small because, again, Pitcher Angelo, maybe say he doesn't resign. Maybe say he wants $8, 9000000 million, and they don't have the money to do that, well, so they let him Well, that's what he's going to get. Well, I know that, but I'm He's just saying. He's going to get nine million. Maybe he might get ten and a half. <laughs> okay, maybe maybe the St. Louis doesn't make the moves to to get him in that cap space he's looking for, and so they let him walk. Right now, to me, Justin Falk is fine, but you know, is he your number one guy? No, I don't think so. I, now you have to rely on Colton Perenko, which is fine, but then he's going to want more money down the road. Um, you know, years, what yeah. if Jordan Bennington? You can't re-sign him. What if he wants way too much but money? But there's a lot of money here. Like, oh, I, I understand. There's a lot of money. They've got lots but of money coming. What if they're not up. willing to spend it? Or what if they? But they've proven that they're willing to spend all the way to the cap, all, well, all the time. I'm just saying. What if some of these guys price themselves out of they this could. team? You could, you know. And so now your window is just it's gone from four or five years down to you know maybe these two years they really really have this year and next before a lot of these free agents are up for new deals. I'll talk to you in five years. Let's okay. go to number three. <laughs> Uh, number three for me is your favorite team, the Toronto Maple hey. Leafs. Yeah, they come in at number three for me because of one reason. Um, I honestly wanted to put them higher on this list, but because they have a forward group that is so flipping expensive, so expensive yeah. it could hurt them You know, in the latter years of those contract deals where you know maybe they need some money. Like, for example, next year they're going to need some money to re-sign some defensemen. Eventually, Freddie Anderson's going to need a new deal. Do you... Can you get him dirt cheap again, or do you have to just go out and find somebody else? Or maybe because I don't see anybody in their pipeline for goaltending that really excites me that I could say, okay, this is a guy who could take over. They have one forward over the age of 29, and it's Jason Spezza. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this this is a very, very and young team. And then Muzzin is 30 years old, and he's the only guy over 30 on their defense. Yeah, very, very young, which is why I really like their window. I think it's very large, but you've got to figure out a couple things on the back end defensively. And goaltending wise, well, you've got Rasmus Sandin, and then you have oh, all of a sudden great. Justin Hall. It looks unbelievable. He's like a top four defenseman who comes out of nowhere, and then Timothy Lilligren will come in and be another top four. I, and I'm I hoping think, that works out for them. I, I think I really that do. they do have, they at least have a very reasonable plan in place, like two first round draft picks who will come up and be defensemen. That's that's pretty good. And Rasmus Sandin has uh, he scored his first goal last night too. So. Yeah, pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I mean, and this. This team is they're they're primed. I mean, I, I think you look at eleven point six for Matthews. That's right. Like nobody's batting an eye. Like yes, it's a lot of money, but he's going to be a he was a getting Rocket Richard anyway. contender every year. John Tavares eleven million. You can deal with that. Marner overpaid. Nylander underpaid. Let's meet them in the middle. 
eight eight and a half million for both of them. I think we'd all we're, I'd be pretty comfortable with eight. Sure, and but a half do for you need all those forwards signed? Up? You need that many forwards. Why not? You know, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's what it's you have. Hurt Chicago. It's what you have. Well, I know it's what you have, but you know, it's kind of hampered Chicago trying to, you know, keep contending because they. they but had, that was just because they were so they were older and they stopped producing. Like Taves stopped producing, and so his ten and a half million looked awful because he was producing well, sure. like he was a three million dollar. Right, I, I I completely agree, but I, know, I don't. If disagree. you can't keep the puck out of the net either, you know that's the other big concern with, you know Toronto. Freddie Anderson's doing everything he can, and so you know maybe after next season when he's a UFA, he's say, oh, crap, I don't want to deal with this anymore. You know, I don't want to deal with, you know, fifty shots a night. <laughs> so fifty shots a night. <laughs> I, I mean that's unrealistic, but. Um, you know, maybe he goes somewhere where you know he can have a little bit more of a defensive system in front of him. But to me, I'm, I'm Ian Scott on his way up. He on was his way the, up. Uh, Stop it. He was the he like led everybody in everything goaltending wise. Yeah. Well, I am. I'm very optimistic though on their back end that a lot of these younger pieces are going to continue to grow. But you know, you got to wait two or three years before I think maybe you know all these guys will be ready and in their prime and to say, hey, we're Stanley Cup. You know, defenseman. But then again, too, you can look at a team like Pittsburgh that just said we took crappy defensemen and won anyway. So, sure. sure. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree. This that's is actually exactly where I put them in terms of like the length of window. Uh, I have them at a, a five to seven year window for Stanley Cup contention. Seven years down Beautiful. the road, Tavares is thirty six. But even then, if you have all the rest of your guys, you're still probably probably competing for. For a cup, so their window's wide open. Okay, let's go to number two. Number dose, the Tampa Bay Lightning. All right. Yeah, for me, uh, they've got a lot of very, very good pieces signed long-term. Victor Hedman, Ryan McDonough, Kucherov, Stamkos, Braden Point. Uh, all these guys have, you know, two or three years left after this season, if not more. But granted, they are getting a little bit older, but their window is freaking wide open as far as I'm concerned. Five to six more years. Yeah, it's I, freaking huge. Easily. Yeah, and you've got, you know, Vasilevsky signed long-term. Now, hopefully that doesn't turn into a Bobrovsky situation where he starts crapping the bed at some point. I don't think that'll ever happen, uh, you know, with with what they have. Sure. But who knows? Um, and they're still paying Vincent LeCavalier money. I know, which is just It doesn't funny. count towards the cap, but they're still paying they're him still money. They're still paying him. <laughs> every year, I think, until 2029. Wow. <laughs> he right. paid every year 20, 20 yeah. years or something like that. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't think there's any arguing. They're uh, they're set. They're in a great position, even though they struggled mightily early on. Now they just they're they finding go, okay. We need to start playing again, and boom, <laughs> rope a dope people away they go. Yeah, I uh, and then they always draft well too, and which I think long term wise they'll they'll find more diamonds in the rough. And they always drafted well with yeah. Iserman. Yes, with Iserman. Yeah, so <laughs> there you go. Thank you, Red Wings. Um, so obviously, number one is the only team left, and that Colorado is Colorado Avalanche. Avalanche. Yeah, yeah. I, I I don't think there's any denying the young group of people they have, and how good they're going to be for a very long time. Now, the the bigger question is, can they keep them all signed? You know, for a long time. I mean, the I think the difference between and why we like the Avalanche's setup better right now in this moment is because of how good Kale McCarr looks. Two years ago, we might not have said this about the Avalanche. We would have said that they had looked like they were going to come into their own. But Kale McCarr gets drafted. He's unreal. He plays so so well with Sam Gerrard, too, who signed a real nice $5 million deal for like the next seven years. So it's looking uh, real good. Six years. Uh, and they've got Brian Bowen coming up. He's going to be freaking good. Yes. Yep. 
Yeah, uh, he, they drafted Bo- him. Bo- Bo- Byron. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> Bo- <laughs> Bar, BB. Uh, yeah, they, I mean, yeah. They're, and the fact that Nathan McKinnon, probably top five player in the league, is signed to $6.3 million a year. Uh, the only guy in, with a better deal is Barkov. There you go. That's it. Yeah, I, I agree. So it's, uh, yeah, and it'll be it'll be interesting to see, though, what we don't know about the Leafs is how does Rasmus Sandin and Timothy Lilligren pan out? If they both pan out and become number one, number two defensemen, suddenly this list might change. But because the Avalanche are so balanced, like they have the goaltender, which the Leafs and them, but they have Leafs and Colorado both have the forwards. It's the defense where you like Colorado's better. Right. I'm more optimistic about it. And, and I, I don't disagree it just depends on what those guys pan out to be. Sure, absolutely. And I think both of them, when you look past the goaltending and goal, or past the defense and goal, right, they're both going to be needing new goaltenders in two years. So, you know, well, can they re- sign well, guys? Yeah, yeah. Re- do they resign the guys they have, or, you know, do they got to go looking elsewhere? So that might be another concern. But I really would like to see a Colorado Toronto final. Oh, my gosh. That'd be great. That would be so good. <laughs> And it would it would prove everything we've done here the last two weeks <laughs> <laughs> that we were right. <laughs> Colorado and Toronto are good. Uh, all right, well there it is, the top ten. If you again, if you didn't hear the previous twenty one teams talked about, go back and listen to those. And uh, we hope you enjoy the rest of the week with hockey. We'll see you guys next week when we. Uh, Who knows what we're doing next week. We haven't come there yet. So if you have any ideas for some other shows, let us know. We always like uh, audience feedback. Uh, Hit us up on Twitter at OT Hockey Talk. Talk to you guys soon.